1: This is The Sue Freeze Show, the pursuit of passion, purpose, and connection. We can world. We can world. Now, you're Sue Freeze.
0: Thank you so much for joining The Sue Freeze Show today, and I'm very thrilled and honored and humbled to be with you again. You know, this last weekend, I, I did a Facebook post, and it was about... You know, you can have your schedule just really full, really full, full, full. And, you know, I don't know about you, but my calendar is pretty busy. And I talk about living an intentional life. And part of being intentional is, you know, people that you are around, helping them to feel comfortable. And that's what manners are for, is to help people be comfortable, feel comfortable. And uh, some things happened this weekend And I'm just going to start with saying that when I posted this post, I was in La Quinta, Palm Springs. And it was out of the blue because the weekend before I talked to you about talking at a Thrive conference, giving like a TED Talk. And then the next day I jumped out of a plane. Yes, I know. Crazy. You'll have to listen to that another day, whatever. Anyway, uh, at that time, there was another table there. Uh, and a gentleman by the name of Mike Rovner, who I've known for a long time. We both lived in Simi Valley, and he's a construction guy. That's what, how I know him. And then he's a believer, and so I'm a believer, and I'm in termite. And so we we kind of pass. Periodically we pass, and then we don't see each other for a, a, a framework of time. And then all of a sudden we reconnect somehow. And it seems like it's a God thing, and it's a God appointment, and it's when God wants So with that being said, uh, we were both speaking at this event and I look over at his table and there's this postcard kind of thing, advertising, marketing, letting people know about an event that's happening, yeah, the next weekend. Well, I was booked. I had things booked and I just cleared my calendar because for some reason I just felt very pulled to go to this event that was happening in Palm Springs. So it took a lot to get there because I had to drive all the way to this place where my motor home was, pick up the motorhome, and, you know, do all this stuff to get to uh, the La Quinta Resort. And uh, I actually reconnected with a lot of people that I knew from a long, long, long time ago. And uh, Bob Harrison is with, he's, he's called Dr. Increase. Now, I want to ask you a question. How many of you would like to experience increase in your life? Now, people think increase and they think money. Right? I mean, maybe that's where you went first is increase means money. But increase could mean anything. There's five different areas of your life that, that we focus on as far as uh, our life being in a good position or situation. And I talk about this. It's another show for another day. But, you know, there's physical, there's emotional, there's spiritual, there's financial, and there's relational. So you can take all of those and categorize them and say, okay, from one to five, where am I in this area? And where am I on this area? And where am I in this area? Okay. And so, so don't we want to experience abundance or increase in all areas of our lives? And is that a bad thing? Is it a bad thing to want to be uh, living an abundant life? I, I say no. You know, you can think what you want and you've got your own belief systems. And I guarantee you that what you believe is keeping you f- where you are. And if they are happy there, then that's fine. But your belief system could be holding you back from something that maybe God created you for because he wants us to live in abundance, John 10, 10. So with that being said, I cleared my calendar and I went to this event and it was a three day event and I went the first day and uh, it was wonderful. And it was like reconnecting with people and reconnecting with this whole thought process that I'd kind of not shelved because I live this way, but it just re- kind of rekindled this flame and this fire. I met some really amazing people, connected with amazing people. And guess what? A lot of those people have said yes to being a guest on the Free show. So I'm very excited about the future with these guests coming on the show. I'm really excited about that. If you're tuning in right now, thank you so much for doing so. This is The Sufri Show, and I am Sufri's. And I'm here because the Lord has been, I don't know, guiding me and preparing me to be on this show. And when I pray, I don't want this show to be about me because it's really not. It's about Him. But what I do is, and if you're new to the show, is what I do is I actually talk about things that I'm learning. Because God's not done with me yet, and that's a good thing. I'm so thankful that He's not done with me yet, and He's not done with you yet. That and that's a good thing. Uh, it's a it's a journey. It's a life journey, and we're living this together. So moving forward in this uh, arena is I took copious notes uh, notes of just things that I need to readdress, and I need to rethink, and I need to rebelieve, and I need I need to just get get in line with this thinking because you know life can just really you know give us some boxing. Uh, hard knocks and kick us in the knees. And, you know, you just kind of feel like you get beat down. I don't know. Do you know what I'm talking about? Maybe you do. Maybe you don't. We all have our ups and we all have our downs. But uh, right now, I just felt like business, everything that's going on, I just felt, wow, I don't know. And one of the big storylines or the golden nuggets that I got out of this weekend was that subtraction's not a bad thing. When there's subtraction going on in your life, it doesn't mean that you're going to go to addition. It could be multiplication. So sometimes we have to get rid of some things that are in our lives. We have to subtract from our lives to have better come into our lives. And that was the biggest thing I took away from this weekend was that. But another thing that I learned was an experiential thing, and it's basically what I'm going to talk about today. It's talking about respect, and it's talking about consideration, One of the things that happened was it was after all the ceremonies and all the seminars and whatnot. And then this lady who um, is doing mighty things, her and her husband, and I won't go into detail with names because they're probably going to be on my show later. So I don't want to bring that up. But this lady came up and was talking to another one of the speakers that was actually having a personal conversation with me. We were sitting just one-on-one talking about things, and it was a wonderful conversation we were having. And this lady comes over, interrupts our conversation, and says, Hey, so-and-so, the guy I was talking to, um, we'd really like to take you to dinner tonight. And we'll pick you up because I know you don't have a car. And then she turns to me and she says, do you know where the dinner is tonight? And I looked at her and my heart just sunk because I wasn't invited. I was the odd man out. But yet I'm being asked where the dinner is. And so I looked at her and I said, no, I really don't know because I'm not invited. And, And basically she just kept going and talking with the gentleman that I was talking to. Well, how did how would you feel in that situation? Seriously, how would you feel if you were sitting there with one person and that person gets invited to dinner and you're sitting there like chopped liver? Okay, so I did an assessment of myself and, uh, you know, our self-talk can, you know, do some weird things in our brains. I didn't go there. I just wanted to be in touch with what I was feeling at that moment. And I got up from that situation. They were still talking and I got up and abruptly kind of got up just because I needed to get away from my pain. My hurt, my, my, heart, my heart was hurt. <laughs> I felt devalued. I felt unimportant at that moment, even though I know I am valued and I know that I am important. But at that moment, I didn't feel that way. So and important, not in the way that some might think I'm not important, but I am important to God. I, I know that I'm his child. I'm his daughter. And so I am important to him. So that's all I'm saying. I wanted to clear that up because I'm not all that. But I am his child and I'm, I'm proud of that. Anyway, so I got up from there and I texted the gentleman that I was talking to. I said, I'm really sorry that I got up abruptly, but I just my feelings were hurt. And I just wanted you to know that it wasn't you. It had nothing to do with you. Uh, My feelings were just hurt. And, And then after I did that, I just had a little conversation with my Heavenly Father. And I said, God, please guide me and give me discernment to never do and make a person feel the way I'm feeling right now. Help me to just be sensitive and considerate to the people that I come in contact with. Now, am I going to fall short in that prayer? I know I am. Right now I know that I can't always be sensitive and always be aware that something I do and something I say could be painful to somebody. But I'm going to do my best, and I've asked the Lord to guide me in that, to where I don't have a person. I don't want to be the cause of a person feeling what I felt at that moment. Can you understand what I'm saying right there? I hope you can. Because isn't that what we're called to do? Is that we need to look at how we're feeling. It's like a gauge. And I just don't want to do that to anybody. And I'm sure I have. I'm sure I've done that to someone in the past. I'm sure I have. It wasn't intentional. And the lady that did this, she later said, did I offend that woman? I am really sorry that I offended her. And then I found out she's a customer of mine for a cola. She's a customer of mine. (laughs) And so I'm like, oh, man, you know, but the point is, is that the lesson was well uh, learned. It was learned. It was taught, and it was learned, and it was received, and it will be given back um, in a better way. So with all that being said, my show today, Sufri's show today, is on respect and being considerate. So thank you for joining. If you're joining in from San Diego, thank you, San Diegans, for joining in. Thank you, Venturians, for joining in. L.A., Orange County, Santa Maria, San Luis Obispo, and all up and down the United States, maybe over. Well, actually, I know that we're in Paris, and we're in Rome because I have friends there, and in London. So with that said, I'm going to get into the show. We all bleed the same. This is so true, and there is a song about this, and I love the song because we do all bleed the same, don't we? We all bleed the same. It's obvious when people show others respect, and it's obvious when they don't. No one likes to be disrespected because it's hurtful, plain and simple. The Bible has a lot to say about respect. Can you define respect? What are some ways we show respect for others? Can you define disrespect? What are some ways we show disrespect to others? Are you better at giving or getting respect? God created all people and created them differently for reasons and purpose we may not understand. Regardless of how we perceive other people to be, they are God's creatures. And it's God's will for us to show respect to everyone. So use these Bible verses to be reminded why respect is important to show to everyone. Philippians 2, 3. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, rather in humility. Value others above yourself. Check yourself right now. Do you do that? Have there been times in the last day, in the last week, where you haven't done that? Is there somewhere you need to repair a relationship just based on that scripture? We have to have short accounts when we are believers. We have to show people that we love them and we care about them. Titus 2.7, in everything, set them an example by doing what is good. In your teaching, show integrity and show seriousness. Show proper respect to everyone. Love the brotherhood of believers. Fear God and honor the king, 1 Peter 2.17. There are seven attributes of being a considerate Christian, and this is by a lady by the name of Leanne Trees. So this is not me, but I'm in agreement with this. Where have all the manners gone in society today? We don't have to look any further than the comment section of any online article. It doesn't even have to be about a controversial issue to find lots of rude and even cruel remarks. Civility seems to be an increasingly uncommon attribute in much of the world. The basis of all good manners is considerate for the feelings of others. Christians should be known for being especially gracious, loving, and kind. Here are seven attributes of considerate Christians. You know, before I want to go into this, I just want to say that you know, I was talking to um, Stephen uh, on the drive-in, and I was telling him, I'm like, I, I wasn't even thinking politically, but I'm going to be getting on a plane and going to Sacramento, and I'm going to be in a political world in just an hour or two. And, uh, You know, I I get very frustrated when people make decisions without understanding the consequences of actions and people that are making decisions that affect my business and causing it to be very difficult, if not impossible, to run a business, especially in California. uh, I'm going to go and I'm going to have a voice and I'm going to speak because it's not okay to complain unless you're talking to the right people that can do something about it. I don't agree with that. If you've got something to say and you've got a problem, go to the person that can do something about it. Just don't go to everybody and complain about it because that really doesn't do anything for anybody. I don't know who needed to hear that, but uh, I just wanted to share that with you. But I was thinking about, you know, Facebook and Instagram and all this political stuff that's going on. And I was thinking about the last president, this president, and whether I agree or I don't agree with what's going on as far as who's in office or whatnot, they were voted in. And as uh, somebody that is an American living in this country that has been fought very hard for freedoms, I believe there is freedoms, but there's also we need to have respect. And this there is none. I, I would never think, regardless of who the president is, to blast them uh, the way it's happening now. I, I, you know, It just doesn't make any sense to me and it's just showing us just how bad things are getting. And I think we need to be respectful. They were put in office. They're there. So respect the office. It's just like not everybody likes policemen. But you know what? You don't have to talk bad about them because you know what? The first time you're in trouble, guess who you're going to call? 911! So I think we need to step back and I'm probably going to get some some uh, connections. I want connections. <laughs> I'd like them to be good ones. But, you know, we can have a conversation about this. That's okay with me. But I just believe that we need to be respectful. People are put in office. I am a boss. I'm in charge of running my company. Does everybody agree with everything I say or do or decisions that I make? No. But they might not have the full picture, they might not have the full story. So in that, I would say that those people, I mean, if I am running this company, you know, if you don't like how I'm running it, then you either come and talk to me about it, don't talk to everybody else, come talk to me. And then we can sit down and have a, an intelligent, professional conversation. And then maybe there'll be understanding gained by both parties. But to blast somebody or to disrespect them, whether in private or in public, it's just not okay. It's just not okay. So I think we need to step back and just realize that, you know, in the Bible, it talks about honor your father and your mother. My parents, my dad, he's in heaven now. I think he's in heaven. I'm not sure, but he wasn't a very loving man. But I knew that I needed to honor him, even though I didn't agree with how he treated me or how he talked to me. I mean, I have, I I would say that I have scars and bruises um, from that relationship he never said he loved me until I was out in college, and I thought I was hearing things. But that's a, a side note. But the point is, is that I still honored him. He was my dad. I might not agree, not, might not approve with his parenting style or lack of, but he was my dad. I can remember one time I, I talked back to my mother, and I went flying. And I have to tell you that I respected her a whole lot more after that. Because she said, no way, you're not going to treat me like that. You're not going to talk to me like that. It only happened once. Am I saying that it was okay? I don't know. All I know is I respected her a whole lot more after that. But I think that we need to respect and we need to be considerate. I think my biggest pet peeve as Sue Freeze is when I see people not being considerate of one another. We're, we're called to love one another. Love goes I, I, even more than just being considerate of one another. No, you go first. No, you go first. Oh, let me get that for you. Oh, do you need some help with that? I'm sorry. What did you say? You know, just the simplest of things. Here's one for you. A person gets hired in the hiring process. We say, look, if you're working for somebody right now, I want you to go give two weeks notice. I require you to give two weeks' notice. You're not going to quit, even though I need you tomorrow. You're not going to quit that company because I wouldn't want you to do that to me. I don't want you to leave there because I don't want you to do that to me. So then there's this guy, and I help him get his licenses, his certificates. He comes in on Monday and says, I quit. I said, what? No notice? Now, this happens once in a while, and to me, it's a blatant inconsiderateness because there's no... No reason to do that. So I get on the phone with this gentleman and I say, hey, do you remember when you were hired? Do you remember what I said to you? He goes, yeah. I said, so you understand that by burning this bridge, which is what you're doing, I will put on your file that you are not rehirable. Do you understand that? He goes, yeah. I said, OK, I just want you to know because inconsiderateness is not something that I put up with or I'm not going to have it happen more than once time for me. I just, I need people to respect and to be considerate of one another. So I'm, I'm saying that because I think there's so much of this going on. It's all about me. It's all about me. And I think that we need to think about how we can be there for one another, how we can serve one another. Right? I hope you agree. But if not, okay. If people are put in office, if they're voted in office and they go through the process and they're in office, I think there needs to be respect and consideration, and talking bad about, you know, on on social media. I actually don't want to see it. I don't want to hear it. I'm I'm deleting friends, you know, blocking them because I just don't want to see it. I don't want to hear it. I don't. Anyway, so here we go. The seven attributes of being considerate believers or Christians is the first one is they are inclusive. This is about my first story that I talked about. Considerate Christians. Try to make sure people feel included in group activities. Don't leave anybody out parties, and other social gatherings. This is not a burden for considerate Christians because they find great happiness in making people feel loved and wanted. Can you do a barometer check on yourself on this? Have you even thought about it? Are you sensitive to that? Are you at church and you're saying, hey, you want to go to lunch? And there's three people sitting there. Hey, do you want to go to lunch? Not, hey, you guys want to go to lunch? Let's go to lunch. Because then you're not leaving anybody sitting on the bench. The odd man out baby in the corner let's not leave the odd man out let's not have a baby in the corner okay can we just try let's work on that let's be considerate of feelings let's do it okay they treat everyone with respect considerate christians give all people the respect and honor they deserve as creatures made in god's image they take time to listen to care about and help everyone god brings into their lives When considerate Christians have different views from someone else on a certain topic, they engage in discussion, sometimes quite vigorously, with all politeness and decorum. People generally quarrel because they cannot argue. They give necessary criticism privately whenever possible. Now, this is a biblical principle, I believe it is, or it's just a business principle that I learned a long time ago saying that you praise in public and you discipline in private. That happened today. I had three people in my office, and one person had to get up and go potty. (laughs) Yeah, potty. And as she left, I mentioned to the other one, hey, I want to talk to you about something that's just between you and I. And I did. And, And I know that she realized that I did that to where it wasn't embarrassing because it was just her and I. And then the other person came back, the the discussion went to something else, and it was done. And at the end, I just said, are we clear? Is everything good? And she said, yes, I get it. I'm going to try harder. I said, perfect. And that was the end of that. Considerate Christians don't rebuke or scold people in public, whether in person or online, unless it is essential to correct a serious error or circumvent a dangerous situation. When considerate Christians must give public criticism, they exercise discretion, wisdom, and great humility in their deportment. A considerate Christian follows the biblical guidelines in Matthew eighteen fifteen through 20 and Galatians 6, 1 for confronting a brother or sister in Christ who is caught up in a sin. That's a personal thing, unless it has to go deeper and with more people and more um, spiritual protection. So, we're going to go to number four. They uphold biblical standards with courage and serenity. I love that word, serenity. I did a whole TV show, actually, I think three shows on serenity. Do you remember that old saying, or maybe you still know it now God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference? That is so good. We will be back with more of the Sue Free Show right after this brief break. Bugs have one instinct, survival. And the coolness of your home draws them in, unless Ecola guards your home. Hi, this is Sue Freeze, the termite lady, owner of Ecola Termite and Pest Control Services. And yes, this is her son, Tyson. This hot weather is driving bugs and perhaps rodents into your home, but we can drive them back out. Our family-friendly pest control method, eliminates insects and rodents without causing harm to your family and pets. And right now we're offering a free pestament to keep the bugs where they belong, outside and far away from your home. Just call us at 877-332-BUGS. We know how to find pests and end their survival. Call us today for a free pestiment. New customers get $50 off any initial treatment. Bugs hate that we make our service so effective. Call 877-332-BUGS. E. Powerful termite and pest control. As, as gentle, gentle as, as a, a butterfly. butterfly.
1: about the awesome electro gun treatments. It sends electricity through the wood? And you use it as part of your termite control services?
0: They're very effective. So if you are concerned with your health and are sensitive to chemicals, know that we have an array of options for termite control.
1: Don't sacrifice your health or the health of your home. Call E. termite pest control services now. 800-332-BUGS. 800-332-BUGS or termitelady.com.
0: E. cola, powerful termite and pest control. As
1: gentle as a butterfly. You're listening to The Sue Freeze Show, the pursuit of passion, purpose, and connection. And here again is Sue Freeze.
0: Thank you so much, Ecola Termite and Pest Control Services, for sponsoring this show. And if you'd like to sponsor this show, we would love to hear from you. Go to Sue Freeze, spelt like fries, one word, dot com. Connect with me, would you? I really would love for you to connect with me. I really want to hear from you, and we could talk about uh, your your advertising needs. Or your sponsoring needs. Or if you, you know, just whatever. Let's just talk, okay? Uh, Sue free spelled like fries when we're .com, okay? So number four, they uphold biblical standards with courage and serenity. Considerate Christians don't force their beliefs on others. They hold resolutely to the teachings, beliefs, and commands God has given them in the Bible with peaceful hearts and minds. Considerate Christians do not allow others to intimidate or bully them to compromise in any area That would go against their conscience in Christ. They are not afraid of declaring the glorious truth of the gospel or standing alone if they must. In holding to their convictions with grace and dignity, considerate Christians provide a safe harbor where both Christians and non-Christians can go for wise and faithful counsel. That's a very healthy relationship. See, we're called to love. We're not called to judge. And 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 possibly in our love for one another. You know, people are going to want what we have in our relationship with our Heavenly Father. That would be the goal anyway. Number five, they seek to love and forgive at all times. You know, forgiveness is not an easy thing to do. It's a choice we make. And a lot of the times in my past is that I had to make a choice to forgive, even though I didn't feel they deserved it, earned it or anything like that. But the choice to forgive is something that relieves us because we're the ones that are feeling it, not the other person. So it's up to us to make a choice. And the emotion and the feeling and the belief will follow. Sometimes we have to make a decision and then everything else follows later. I have found this to be true and I've heard from others that are much more experienced than I am saying that that is definitely how it works a lot of the time. So if you have unforgiveness in your heart, I can tell you that some of the the bad fruit that comes from that is you become bitter and you get depressed and you get alone and more alone and more alone. And that's really not where God wants you. He wants you to be in relationship, yes, with him, but also with your neighbor with others. And you can't do that. If if you're harboring unforgiveness, the best thing you can do right now is to make a choice and a decision to take care of that, even though you're not feeling it right now. You're not feeling it. Dang it. You're not feeling it, but that's okay. Make a choice to forgive those that have trespassed against you and everything else will happen later. But just make a choice and say, I am going to forgive this person for blah, 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 blah. That other person doesn't even know that you're doing it. It's totally for you because you get freed from bondage. It's like prison. You're in a prison and you can be released from that. You're in chains and you need to be released from that. That was probably one of the biggest lessons I learned and I learned it a long time ago. And I tell you what, it's a really healthy lesson to learn. And to break free of the bondage of unforgiveness is a huge, huge thing. Considerate Christians never return evil for evil, but rather show the world the better way of forgiveness and love. This does not mean Christians don't fight in just wars or come to the defense of someone being harmed. A Christian's honor requires such duties. Instead of returning an insult, considerate Christians forgive, pray for, love, and show respect to the person who has sinned against them. Not so easy, not so easy, but it is doable. By repaying evil with love, Christians display their citizenship in a kingdom that is not of this world. John eighteen thirty six. Love that. Number six, they are humble. Considerate Christians, considerate believers, understand that they are sinners who are deserving of hell if it weren't for the saving work of Christ on their behalf. Like David, they cry out to their heavenly father. For I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me, Psalm 51.3. The knowledge of their own sin and God's mercy in Christ humbles considerate Christians and makes them grateful to God as well as empathetic and helpful to others in their struggles. See, one thing with this show and one thing that I really find um, healing is letting your stories be known and be real to those that you feel safe doing so. Even in times, there are times when, I'll say something on the radio, I don't know who's listening, and there might be unsafe people out there listening, but I still put it out there and I, and I, I pray for God's protection in that, in that regard. But we are called to share even our vulnerable areas. Why? Because other people can connect with us on different levels just based on our realness. So I I really vow, I want to be real. I want to be vulnerable. I want to be transparent. And it's not a show, you guys. It's really not a show. It's just (laughs) Soufrees. It's who I am. And I don't have it all together. And I know you don't either, no matter who you are. You might put on a show that you've got it all together, but I can tell you that everybody has something going on. Everybody has pain. Everybody has hurt. Everybody has fear, insecurities, everyone And we don't know what somebody else is walking through. We have no idea. The person driving, it just cut us off. We have no idea what that person faced before that moment. Do we? I can't read. I I don't know. I I don't know. But what are we called to do? What are we called to do? Flip them off? (laughs) No. Cuss them out? They're not hearing it anyway. Your ears are hearing it. So it's just burdening you. So, what do you do? Let them go. Say a prayer for them. Forgive them. Do whatever you can that's going to be loving and kind and compassionate. Do those things. Be considerate. Be respectful. Yeah. Okay. Let's do that. Let's do that. Number seven, they don't seek to draw attention to themselves. Considerate Christians recognize and are happy that all glory belongs to God. So they do not strive for personal accolades or higher status. They seek to die to their own selfish ambitions and follow Christ in all. Matthew 16, 1 Corinthians thirteen 4, 5. Considerate Christians rejoice with people in their joys and successes and comfort them in their sorrows and defeats. Romans twelve fifteen. One of the young ladies that I had to talk to today when we had a group Just found out that someone else died. She's had like four deaths in the last six months or year. Time's flying. And I'm thinking, wow, that's a lot of loss this young lady is facing. And she gets teary-eyed because that's a lot of loss. Losing one person is a lot of loss. So I asked her to just go to the Sue Free Show because I have three podcasts on grieving And the process and the stages. And, uh, you know, I I, I mentioned to her, I said, you know, not everybody grieves at the same timing. You know, everybody goes at their own pace, and that's okay. Just know that you, you need to do what you need to do for you, because, you know, it's always hardest for those that are left behind. The ones that have left, hopefully, they're in heaven, and we will see them again, hopefully. No Christian behaves perfectly in this life. Being considerate is a characteristic that all believers should strive to attain. So let me ask you right now to just take a moment and make a commitment to yourself and to those that you are involved with and that you come in contact with, that you're going to do everything and anything in your power to look for ways of being more loving, more respectful, and more considerate. And just know, you know, we are all going to fall short of the glory of God. We will. He tells us that. And he also says that grace is sufficient, which means you just ask for forgiveness. Just say, I'm really sorry. I really messed up there. I'm really sorry. Would you like to join me for lunch? I'm really sorry. I really, you know, I I just kind of had an upset moment, and, and I said things that maybe I shouldn't have said, and I'm really sorry. Then it's left to the other person to say, I forgive you or not, but you've done your part. Respect others, even if they haven't earned it. <laughs> oh, boy. Now, that's a tough one, isn't it? I had a teacher once that was teaching my son. And I did not like her teaching style. And she would embarrass my son in public in in class. And I have to tell you, it was very hard to respect her. Very hard. It was hard to forgive her because of what she was doing to my baby. I didn't like it. Not one bit. Even now, I, I think I'm still holding a little. I'm going to have to work on that some more. And he's 36, and this was fourth grade. So you can tell me I, I, I'm just, you know, I, I think right now just listening, I'm, just, I'm still harboring a little something there. Where is that lady anyway? I'm just kidding. <laughs> so anyway, are you harboring anything? Is there anybody in your life that you need to respect that is very difficult to respect? This is the Sue Free Show. And I just really am grateful and thankful to be here. And I'm thankful that the Lord's still revealing things to me on how I can be better and strive for better. So how to respect people who don't deserve it? This is by Doug Britton. I often hear one person say something along the lines of he or she hasn't earned my respect. Spouses often say this about each other. Parents say this about their teenage or adult children. Children say this about their parents. Most of us slip into this way of thinking when we talk about politicians. It's normal to feel this way, yet it isn't the attitude God wants us to have. We can be aware of others' faults, and there may be times when we need to discuss problems or confront sin, yet the Bible tells us that we need to maintain an attitude of respect for everybody, show respect, because God commands it. A good starting point is to respect others because God said to. For example, we read in the Bible that husbands and wives are to respect their spouse. And the wife must respect her husband, Ephesians 5.33. Husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with respect, First Peter 3, seven. Be considerate as you live with your wives. The same principle applies to other relationships. Peter wrote that we should show respect to everyone and honor the king, although the king in those days was an evil person, 1 Peter two seventeen, Respect others because of their position. Respect others because of their position. Are we doing that, America? Are we doing that individually? Are we doing that? I have Facebook, I have Twitter, I have Instagram, and I'm going to tell you, we're not... We're not doing that, and we need to get better at this. I really would like to see this revival and this wave go through to have respect and to be considerate. You can respect your spouse, boss, children, parents, and others because of their position. For example, after David killed Goliath, he became more popular than King Saul. Saul became jealous and determined to kill David, so David fled. Saul gathered his army and chased David on two different occasions when Saul's army was pursuing David. David had the chance to kill Saul. Most of us would say David had every right to kill Saul. After all, Saul was trying to kill him. Yet although he knew that Saul's actions did not deserve respect, David honored Saul as his king and refused to kill him. At his second opportunity to kill Saul, David said, The Lord forbid that I should lay a hand on the Lord's anointed. 1 Samuel twenty six eleven. God wants you to respect others because of their position in your life. Acknowledge that others have weaknesses. Everyone is imperfect. Be careful not to let their failures erode your respect for their good qualities. Boy, that's a good word, isn't it? You know, I was talking about my dad, and my dad died at the age of 60 from lung cancer. He quit smoking the day I was born. But I never heard him say, I love you until I was 18 and out on my own in an elevator. He was helping me move into my first apartment. I was 18. Never heard my dad say, I love you. Okay, that might not be a big deal to some, but for me, this little daughter here, it was a big deal. So, uh, failures erode your respect for the good qualities. So I have to be careful. My dad's gone. I don't know if he's in heaven. I, we never had that conversation. I don't know, but I will know someday. Look for things that you can respect. You can find something to respect in anybody if you look hard enough. It's just the same thing as thankfulness, right? You can be having the worst day and the worst thing in your life happen, but there's still something to be thankful for. Where there's breath, there's hope. I mean, we could get down to that. But there's things to be thankful for even in the midst of our turmoil and our, you know, circumstances. Respect others as children of God. When with Christians, you are with God's children and should honor them accordingly, regardless of how they are acting. Of course, when you are with non-Christians, respect is still necessary. Respect others as made in the image of God. The Bible says, for in the image of God, has God made man, Genesis 9, 6, whether or not someone is a Christian, honor him or her as God's creation. So even if they haven't made that decision and that choice, they were still created In God's image, honor others because God loves them. The Bible says this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. First John 4, 10. Do not dishonor someone God loves. That's hard sometimes, isn't it? I know. I can relate. I can. Respect others' desire to be good people. Your husband, wife, parent, child, boss, or employee may make foolish decisions, He or she may be lazy or forgetful, yet chances are good. He or she wants to be a good person and do the right thing. You can respect the desire of someone's heart, even if you are disappointed by his or her actions. So let's look at the heart of the person. Now, I know some people that their heart's not real good, and it makes it even more difficult to find that good or something to be thankful for or to respect. But he's calling us to do that. He's calling us to that action to do that. Honor others for their potential. That's a prayer I have had and said many times over, God, please let me see this person through your eyes. Let me love them the way you love them. Let me see what you see in this person because my eyes and my heart is not feeling it right now. So, Lord, please help me see him and love him the way you want me to. Same thing for her. Lord, help me to see her and love her through your eyes and your heart. That could mend a marriage. That could mend a relationship for you to make that prayer your prayer. I'd like to hear from you. I would. Honor others for their potential. Okay. See others as God does. Each of us has an amazing potential. Gideon was a fearful man, living hidden from the enemy. Yet the angel of the Lord greeted him by saying, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior, Judges 6.12. The angel's greeting was not because of anything Gideon had done, but because he knew how God planned to use Gideon. Personal application. Who is someone you have had trouble respecting? Do you have a name? Do you have a face? Come on, you can do it. Who have you had trouble respecting? Does somebody come to mind? Do you have a picture in your head? Okay. Which of these insights will help you treat him or her with more respect, even if he or she has not earned the respect? So he's asking you to mend a relationship. He's asking you to take that first step to do something different, to make something different happen. Who knows where that's going to lead? Who knows where that's going to lead? So on a separate note, we have a little time and I just want to bring this up, is that there was this lady and she listens to my show and I can't find her card. She wrote me a card because I asked her, I said, you listen to my show? And she says, yes, I do. You are Sue Freeze. I said, yes, I am. And she says, oh boy. And I said, look, I said, if you listen to my show, I'd like to have some criticism. I would like for you to critique my show and tell me what I could do different or better or whatever. She goes, do you really want me to do that? I said, absolutely, I do. So I saw her the next morning. She goes, I'm still writing. I'm still writing. And so then she sent me and I have it. And it's here. And I just don't want to take the time to to look for it. And I really should because it's really cool. Anyway, she wrote me a card. And some of the things she says is that she appreciates how real I am. And she said, you know, the men have the men's gathering. They have these things they talk about, about having a men's gathering. Sue, I think you need to have a women's gathering. I think you need to put together a women's gathering. And I said, that is a brilliant idea. I love that idea. Now, I have had my lunch and dinner with Sue, and we stopped doing it for a while. And that was great. And it was real intimate. It was like 12 people. I think the most I ever had was maybe 15 people around a table. And and we just had a little lunch, a meal together. And we talked about our lives. We got to know each other more intimately, which is wonderful. I love that. Connecting. She says, um, you need to have like a women's gathering. And I really love it when you have guests on, which I'm working on that. I'm getting some guests on. And she says, I think you should ask the listeners to write in their stories. I want to hear their stories because we learn from one another. And I say that all the time, that we learn from one another. And we can. Wouldn't it be better to learn from listening to a story than to have to go through it yourself? I would much rather just hear a story and go, oh, I can prevent that from happening to me. All I have to do is think about this before that happens and then and then we're good. So I, I was really blessed and honored. And then here's the real kicker. Another one of the speakers, one of the main keynote speakers, oh, he had cancer, he had a divorce, he had lost a business. He just had everything that possibly could go wrong was going wrong for him. And he's written, I think, 14 books. I might be wrong. It could be a whole lot more than that. But he's written all these books. He got up there and spoke and I was mesmerized. I was so connected to him when he was on stage. And he actually was the gentleman that I was talking to just one-on-one because he was telling me some things about what he felt the Lord was leading me to. And I thought, wow. And what he said was, you need to be leading women. You can talk to men too, but women need to hear from you. You need to be leading women. He says, I even picture you, and this is the best one. I picture you having pajama parties. I'm like, pajama parties? That's great. So listen, if you want to be part of a pajama party, connect with me. Sue, how do you connect with you? Here it goes. You go to Freeze, spelt like fries, like french fries, dot com. Go there and there's a little thing that pops up, a little page that pops up and it asks for your name and your email. And then it has uh, a connection like, what do you need? What do you want? Do you need prayer? Do you need, what do you need? So you can just write what you want to write in there. You could just put PJ party. You could put, I want to be part of your ministry house, which I'll go into next. Or you could put whatever you want. Just connect with me. Let's talk. Let's get together. Maybe you want to advertise on the show. Maybe you want to be a guest on the show. Maybe you have a message that's so strong, the Holy Spirit's pounding in your chest right now. He's pounding your chest because you're supposed to be on here telling your story to give hope, to give help, to give encouragement to those that are listening on the Suit Free show. We're syndicated. We go up and down the state and all over the world. We're on iHeart, iTunes, Intune, KKLA. I, I, we're in a lot of places. So you can find us. So connect with me. Would you do that, please? And the ministry house, I just want to tell you a little bit about it as it's coming together. It's been a year and a half so far. We're, in, uh, we're, we're at the end of our restoration of this place. And the next thing is, is we need to find the women and the mothers that need to come and have a place to live. And it's not in L.A. It's outside of the L.A. Uh, county. So if you want to know more about that, connect with me on that, too. It's for domestic violence mothers with children that need a safe harbor and a new start. I can teach you skill set. You'll have a safe place to live, and it's going to be a wonderful experience. So God bless you. Be a blessing to someone each and every day. Would you? Bye-bye.